Well, the only thing I don't use that's that <clears throat> a lot of people use that's Apple is Final Cut. <coughs> I use Premiere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Premiere Pro for sure. Um, one day, if I get rich and I can hire an editor, I don't care what they use. Yeah. Because so. <laughs> look, let me tell y'all something. Editing, editing this stuff on top of like my percussion group projects and like other things uh-huh. takes up a lot of freaking time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it gives me anxiety just thinking about it. And that's what we're talking about today. So, good segue am into I recording? that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you are. Welcome to the Rudimental Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hartwell. Um, I'm recording this uh, at what is uh, my for rent wait i i am renting the practice space for free from you yes so, <laughs> the, the long way around that is i'm just jacking your practice space for a little bit right which i greatly appreciate yeah man absolutely um it's a good spot for those sure. are my drums right there so i thought what better setting than right in front of my drums and in front of what is your, usually your practice space but you're so kind enough to let me use absolutely dude. your, your uh practice space to get ready for some gigs this month and they went well um now i'm just kind of waiting for you to kick me out so yeah well you got some time sweet i got a little bit of time oh thankfully yeah Yeah. but the this building's for sale so yeah it's inevitable that one day it will no longer be right right to both of us correct yeah it'll be gone out of the picture entirely which is really sad because it's a great building and right. nobody's ever here because it's no. for sale. So. Exactly. Well, um, double-edged sword. I know. But <laughs> you just got off work. Yeah, uh, I did. I've been here playing a bit and working on some stuff and uh, getting ready for an audition on Sunday and all that good stuff. And Texans drumline. Texans drumline. Um, at least I don't have to go to the playoffs if I make it. So, oh, for real? Yeah. They don't take the drumline with them? No, they're just not going to make the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> So, right. It's just I facts. forgot that they're it's the Texans. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, man. So I made a uh, as you as you guys heard in the first episode, um, I made a Facebook post talking about you know uh, starting a series mental health and musicians. So um, the backstory between between Cody and I. Um, Cody and his twin brother, Jason, were in Deer Park's band. They're a year younger than me. Uh, Cody and I played tenors together. Cody also played... Uh, timpani. Timpani. That was it. First two years, right? Yeah, first two years were timpani, and then the last two were yeah. uh, tenors. So, um, we're, we're Deer Park kids through and through. Bleed maroon, baby. Bleed maroon and gold. And um, Cody went... Did you go to Deer Park Junior High? Yeah, yeah, I went to Deer Park Elementary, Deer Park Junior yeah. High. I went, yeah. I, I forget what that elementary is, but the junior high is the Fawns and then yeah. the Deer, the Mighty Fighting the Elementary deer. used to be the Pioneers. So oh, the, yeah, that's totally the what it mighty is. Mighty Fighting that, Pioneers. Yeah. But, um, but that's basically, you know, we were from the same area. Uh, there is, uh, you're only the second person, from, musician-wise, yeah, from this the, area that I've interviewed. Uh, Hunter was the other one. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and it just so happens that you're a great drummer and you play drums and you're a musician, so you fit the bill for what I was calling for, which there is, we go. um, you know, mental health and musicians is something that, um, I find that there's either musicians that don't deal with anything like that. Yeah. At all. Yeah. 
or you're on our side of the spectrum where they do deal with it, you know? Yeah, dude. So, uh, I guess just to start off with, hi, I'm Cody. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I've got uh, a bunch of friends, obviously through the years, uh, doing drum corps the most, you just meet people and travel, but tons of people, uh, you know, I've got so many friends that I talk to that, you know, especially through uh, COVID, Zoom calling people and mm-hmm. things like that, where they're just like, man, you know, life's tough. And and luckily, another thing about musicians is whenever we get together, when we meet and we create friendships and bonds, they last. Uh, yeah. That's the innate thing about the the relationship. But you know, we'll we'll be talking and and they'll just be like, yeah, I've had a bad time. I've had a hard time mentally, and I find it so common between all of my friends that just. Life hits hard, it, and and I think inherently musicians are emotional. I, no, because I because we're creative. Yeah, which right. is why, which is why it's surprising to me. There's not as much resources as, as I as I would want to find. Absolutely, dude. I, yeah, I've got a, so, a good buddy that uh, I don't. Ben Lund. I taught with him at Shadow. Yeah. Rest in peace. He killed himself. Oh man. Yeah. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, man. He and but I met him through drum corps, dude, and just he we kept in touch all the time. But one day out of the out of nowhere he just, you know, we would Snapchat each other and he just texted me much love. And the next day I heard that he had passed. But it's just I don't it's it's he I feel like what you're saying, he didn't have as the resources. The resources, no. And it's Even though there is a sense of community with drum corps. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So backstory on Cody. Cody did what? Three years of blue stars. Yeah. Three years, uh, 13, 14 and 16. Yeah. Yeah. You skipped 15. So, mm-hmm. so when you meet, you know, you meet these people, especially in a, a core old as old as blue stars, there's mm-hmm. such an, there's an extensive alumni network and there's also, um, an extensive reach because they're so well known. Right. Right. And so, even though he had a sense of community behind mm-hmm. him, yeah, or wh- whatever, was he a blue star? No, he uh, he did Colts, Colts, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he he did Colts, yeah, and and then we taught together at Shadow. Same, it's the same thing, though, yeah. Right? But because the primitive Colts are even longer standing, exactly. Whatever. I mean, we don't. I mean, it's it's what I'm saying is he had a sense of community right, wherever right. he was, a- and he still felt absolutely like it wasn't enough, and. You know, I think a big part of that is that music is an outlet. Mm-hmm. And whenever that outlet becomes your source of job, now all of a sudden your emotional outlet that you had to pour out your anxieties and stress, now all of a sudden it's the source of it. So then if you don't find a new outlet or you don't figure out a way to make music your job and still your outlet, you're, you're fighting an uphill battle the yeah. whole time. You know, yeah. I mean, well, I deal with that myself, right? You know, right. I mean, doing this freelance thing the past year, uh, I kind of started shifting my mindset to doing that about halfway through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to do that, you're you feel very, very stressed out all the time. How am I going to make my money? Right. How am I going to make sure I have enough money be right now so I can make sure I get pay back the enough the amount that I owe in taxes. Right. Yeah. Because it's all yeah. contract work. All right. the teaching I did was contract work. All the playing I've done is hopefully cash business. Hopefully, right. you know, hopefully <clears throat> you know Gifts. you don't Yeah, exactly. So um there's a lot of stress in that and we, there was also a guy that 
I I marched with mm-hmm. uh, who played sousaphone in at Louisiana Stars in my year and a couple of years after that 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 took his own life mm-hmm. and everybody was just like why you know and like that's musicians are uh, you mentioned outlet right right so an outlet for when an outlet becomes so part of your day-to-day and it becomes it it doesn't feel like an outlet sometimes right. anymore it's work you have to sh- especially in in drum corps you have to almost shift your mindset constantly like absolutely dude uh, whenever we were at blue stars we talked about our on-off switch right mm-hmm. like there's times to play and times you know to be fun and enjoy what you're doing at a level of like i'm with my friends mm-hmm. but then there's a part of and, and you know, you've got to get enjoyment out of this, but there's a part where you turn that switch on and it's business time. You're there to do a job, but it, it's still music. And, and I found myself finding the other reasons to love it, the execution, the performance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there is a way that you can find line walk. Like, obviously, I'm in all game mode. I'm in performance mode whenever the switch is on. <clears throat> but you can still find happiness and enjoyment it can be hard because it is hard work it's harder in that outlet because you're playing the same 12 minutes of music absolutely for six months because you know you know you're getting parts and everything early on and so it's tough it's tough to when i remember i did open class i didn't do i probably did probably three quarters of amount of a full season compared to like a world class right um and i know i know for me like it was tough to to stay positive yeah, and the fact I was like, man, I'm just playing Absolutely. the same stuff. Absolutely. Every year that I did drum corps, even at Forte, my first drum corps uh, open class oh, yeah. shouts out Forte that. folded 2012. What's well, good? Folded uh, on a laundry day. It, it folded not? on a laundry day, my guy. It was so <laughs> bad. And oh, uh, dude, we were all so young. We were in the top of Texas, and I had to call my parents. I was like 14. I had yeah. to be like, I remember being. I don't the have only, a place to sleep tonight. I remember, <laughs> I remember being one of the only guys that was asked to do that to that not didn't. do it yeah good on you well i mean it, it, you know what i got good experience but yeah, yeah. The, the point that i was going to make is every year that i've done drum corps every single year it never fails usually about like a little past the halfway mark the whole group is an ensemble has a folding point where it's just too much dude mm. it, it it can't and it totally is too much sometimes but we were really good about communicating. That was one of our strong suits was just communication. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is what communication is so important and, and, and vital in every aspect. But and I you think also had a staff that was had but, been there yeah, for a while. Yeah, we had staff that had been there a while, and our staff was really focused on our mental health. Yeah, and which was super positive. And I I cannot thank Michael Bingham, Matt Hector. If y'all watch this by chance, you know they. Great people that's, did amazing stuff. That's for us. important in this activity. It is. It's, it's, it you're, is. You're on the road for however long. You're in spring mm. training. You're doing the same thing for six weeks. Yeah, man. You so, know, some of our exercises, straight up, we're laying down together. Yeah. Because we needed it. Yeah. That's what we needed, and they knew that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a lot, man. It's, it is. It's and, and there's. Drum, well, let's not forget, Drum and Bugle Corps came from a military background. Right. It was yeah. an outlet for World War I veterans mm-hmm. to to participate in when they got back from the war. Right. And that's the early, early on days. And it, yeah. what it is now is it's, nowhere what it was. No, but I mean, it can feel regimented. I mean, you have PT people coming in for drum corps that, you know, they did 
drum corps and then they went and they did the marines and stuff yeah and then they were like oh hey now that i'm retired i want to go and do drum corps again and i'll just run their pt block exactly so i mean like i'm i would never say that doing drum corps is like being in the military that would be ridiculous but i mean you've got it is high it's it's high impact yeah and the military is designed to break people down it is literally designed to break them down so they can build them back up yeah so then you're incorporating those levels in, of, of involvement and all go, all gas to break people down. You've got to be able to build them back up. You've got, you've got to have the resources to build them. And let's not forget, you're paying to be in it. Right. You know, paying that's a trauma. whole other discussion. <laughs> but that, uh, but that yeah. is also a... That's a contributor to that stress too. Is there some people 100%. who like stretched out their entire Dude. financial being doing that? Yeah, just to be that. If that isn't a testament, people will go broke and stress themselves all the way out just because they want to play music with their buddies. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's how strong this stuff is. Mm-hmm. It's how strong music is. You know yeah. what I mean. People, it's it. It can be addictive almost. Yeah, I, and I. I agree in in a sense of like, uh, I don't necessarily have the same mindset I did before. I still like drum corps, but I'm, I'm interested in so many other facets of music now that it's, it's, uh, but I wouldn't be there if it wasn't for that interest in drum corps or the marching arts in general. Right. Right. And when it comes to a sense of community, like I was very fortunate to have a, a strong group of, uh, high school friends uh, in multiple areas. You know, mm-hmm. we had we had the drumline percussion guys at Deer Park. There was at one point I remember my first and second year at Deer Park. <clears throat> where it was like forty five, fifty of us. Yeah, it like. yeah. No, I remember being in junior high, just looking like, oh, that's a lot of people. It was. I remember playing. I remember being. Look, we all we all know what we're talking about here as far as like front ensembles go. I was the fourth xylophone player. We had yeah. four xylophones. I remember that too. Four. Yeah. So and kids. I remember even whenever we were in high school, we had three kids play chimes. Yeah. One kid just stood there. Or, yeah. or two kids stood by the chimes just waiting on the sideline. Yeah. For their movement. Yeah, it was uh, it was bizarre. I've never, I've still have never been in a program, like, I've been in programs that big, but, like, they utilize the, the kids in different ways. Yeah, well, I mean, take example from uh, Chino Hills. Yeah. Chino Hills has so many kids. Yeah. Dude, they're clean. They've yeah. got beats. Yeah. And they, and, and, but that's some Blue Stars folks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I, again, I can't preach high enough on the people that taught me in the past, but yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a good example. And yeah. that's a, that's, this is a different conversation, but then, mm-hmm. yeah, right. that's also, that's also a, um, <laughs> that's a euphoric culture that you have to build. So right, right it's it's ingrained that like basically the culture there is that being that good is what makes them happy mm-hmm. and is what gives them that pride and that's totally awesome if if having that level of success is what makes you happy then achieve that yeah go for that and that's what they've cultivated that's the culture there cool awesome it works mm-hmm. that's not what works for everyone but it works there Keep yeah. doing it, you know. I um, I definitely think, and we're speaking of drumming as an outlet, music as right. an outlet. Right. Um, there's times where it nothing feels like an outlet, mm-hmm. and you know, th- 
I explained this in the in the first episode of this series, but you know, there's sometimes where you know this doesn't this doesn't provide a a sense of meditation or relief anymore. <laughs> Quite the because opposite. you're so stressed out right. about life in general. Yeah, but you you were the second person to message me about coming on mm-hmm. and just uh just kind of explain like what your struggles are and like why why you would want to come right. on and explain it uh so basically whenever you put out the post i uh, i'm currently uh going to therapy uh i would say probably earlier this year around march i just had a bad breakdown mm-hmm. you know what i mean just it life broke me so hard and i and it had been dwindled like i had <laughs> i had been just going down and down and down and down yeah and I, just trying to ignore the real problems but uh i had m- a buddy of mine morgan uh rest in peace he killed himself uh we played music together i and remember then, him <clears throat> mm-hmm. and then uh my buddy ben Lund, rest in peace he killed himself uh, not long ago, Trey passed away. He was a musician friend. Uh, I've been dealing with my own struggles, with, with with my own addictions, which that's another thing. Sobriety, awesome. Love that. Mm-hmm. Am there. Uh, but, you know, I was using bad coping mechanisms. And, and then on top of that, I stopped practicing. I stopped playing my drums for a while. You know what I mean? And then I started going to therapy. You know, once I had that break, I started going to therapy. But more so, I've started playing drums again. And I really realized, like, number one, how much music is good for me as an outlet for my mental health. But just one of you made that post, I'd, I've, I feel like I have so much tie with this, with so much experience with uh, losing friends who I do music with, which is so sucky. That's, like, such a bad thing, but I I, I don't know. I just wanted to speak on my perspective. And when we talk about Trey, like, Trey was... Trey was uh, just, like, the nicest kid. Yeah, like, he passed away from cancer, for those, those of you that don't know. Yeah, Trey Schooley, and, and rest in peace to him, because I I found out, you know, he was sick when I first got to Vegas, and then I... Uh, found out he passed while I was in Vegas, right. and I was actually a couple weeks from away coming from back. coming back to see him. You know, I was going to be rough. home for a weekend. That's hard. And I just wanted to say, you know, mm-hmm. hello to him and everything. And that weighed that weighed on me, especially in a sense of you know thinking of fragility of life. Like I don't already think right. about that enough already. Dude. And um, and I I was saying, you know, you know, finding it was easy for me to distract myself from dealing with Trey's passing uh, even though we hadn't spoken in a while right. because I was so busy. Right. And you and what I talked about what I have been talking about with mm-hmm. people close to me is like just distracting myself, right? Which is not necessarily healthy in any no. you have to attack these things and like you said you you decided to go to therapy. Could you explain what made you do that cuz that's not easy to no. do. Just you can't just go and do that. No. Right? So I deal with that. <laughs> right. Know? Right. So, um, the moment that I, I was like, you know what, I need therapy, was uh, whenever I really felt out of control. Like, mm. like, I was experiencing so much emotion that I didn't know. 
I had, I, I, which I had had panic attacks and anxiety attacks about six months leading up to this, and I had never had that. So first off, whenever I started getting those, that's it freaked me out. I had never had those. Matter of fact, I didn't even understand what an anxiety attack actually was. I, I, I yeah. thought for sure that it was like not made up, but just it couldn't be that bad. They're terrible. They're awful. They make regardless. Started getting those, and then I just there was a point, minor inconvenience, and I for I went on a two day bender. Just drank for like two days straight. Couldn't get my mind around it, like totally irrational emotions and and these things. And I was just like, yo, I've got to get I've got to get help because. I mean, obviously, the first thing that a lot of people say is like, oh, I've got to get, you know, uh, on drugs or something, or I've got to get a prescription or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I was like, no, no, no. The first thing to do is go to someone, you know? Like, we need to be able to talk to people. And so that was, in my mind, I went from the drugs and went, no, I don't want to do that. And I went to, well, I need to talk to someone. You know, because I did. I I had so much emotion, I didn't know where to put it. Yeah, and and you're using, you know, you, you're you're saying you're you're going to a two day bender, yeah, and and to find relief. But not everybody who goes and looks for that is smart enough to, not necessarily smart enough. They're not brave enough. They're not, uh, or they're too scared or to get out of it and go seek help. Like you they're were not, thinking. they're not equipped emotionally sometimes. Yeah. Some sometimes admitting that you need help is too terrifying, yeah. or it's too difficult. There's pride. There's thing. Their ego. You know. Well, especially if you grew up in comfortable households like right. we did. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I'm I'm blessed enough that I've got both my parents. And you have a twin brother. Support, a twin brother who I love and I still live with. I, like I've got this amazing family and support, and so that does make it easier. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and I'm not. By no means am I trying to say, like, oh, I, you know, I had to pull myself up. Because, like, as soon as I was like, I need to go to But you therapy. did, though. Well, know, because yeah. it's not uh, like... That's, that's a part of the things that I'm really bad at, is I don't give myself enough credit. Well, so, yeah, I mean, I did, but... But, but you, you, you can't go and just, like, sit there and tell your mom and dad and, like, your brothers right. that <laughs> I'm like, hey, by the way, right. you know, it's yeah, like, no. that's a... That's a very personal thing, even for your family to know. Yeah, you know? no, it, it was a big step, and and I am diminishing it a little bit. I think just to undersell it, but it it was a big step. It was very hard. Mm. It was really hard to to look myself in in the eyes in the mirror and to admit that I I needed help. I needed someone to help me sort things out, mm. and that didn't mean I felt. In the beginning, the first couple of sessions, I felt like I had failed at something. I didn't know what I had failed at, but I thought by me needing to go and get help or talk to someone meant that I couldn't do it. So did did you feel like you failed at, like, helping yourself the right way at first? Or? Uh, yeah, kind of. I, I almost felt like I couldn't do it by myself, so I wasn't good enough. Mm. Whereas going to get that help is what I'm doing. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. I am helping myself. So, so when it, when it comes to like, I guess, like what were you feeling 
Well, what made the so the so obviously the that feeling of loss that you've experienced that already three times at that point. Yeah, heavy dude. loss. Yeah, it contributes to triggering those anxiety. One hundred percent. So, to just dive in to my anxiety, the thing uh, I've got those the, those three deaths are what I've got weighing on me mm. the most because all three of those people were also my closest friends. Right. So to to experience the loss is hard in itself, but I've, you know, didn't cope right and things like that. But uh, it just, the more that I didn't want to deal with these losses, the more that it just weighed on me and I continued to ignore it until, you know, I, I would go to sleep and I would dream about them. And I still, well, I haven't in a while, but like it was constant that I was only dreaming about them and dwelling and on it, dwelling on it. Right. And cause I, Whenever they passed, I, I, I thought I was going to be the tough guy and just be okay. Yeah. And I didn't talk to anyone about anything ever. You know, I never sought out anything. Uh, you know, like, because uh, there's no class that says, hey, if, if you have someone that commits suicide, this is what you do or this where. There's nothing like that. Yeah. There's so, some people who never experience that. No. Do, and, and, and the death of my two friends that killed themselves, hit way different than Trey. Yeah, of course. Trey was it was Trey was at peace with the world, which is something that I can't fathom a 22 no. 23 year old is at. No. At well, that he had point. to be. He had, he had to, be. to be. We talked about that before, yeah. but I I think about that often, but you you get you get stuck in a in a um in a mental thought loop. Mm-hmm. Like I I know exactly what you're talking about. There's it comes times where especially recently, which triggered me to have this, this series take place, is I, I rem- just last week I'm sitting there, chest is tight, my whole body's tight. Yeah. I can't think about anything but what I'm worried about. Right. And then you start dwelling on something, then you start thinking too far in the future, and then you Absolutely. start thinking too far in the past. Right, dude. And it would just get to, it was things like that that would make me start to, and, and those are those anxiety attacks and panic attacks, like, the stages of them, but just harping on and, and it would get so bad, dude, I would be at work and, and I would do, uh, I work in a shipping receiving, I would make like a small mistake or, or like I wouldn't tape up a shipping box the right way. And then I would think about how bad I made that or how bad I did that. And then that's all you thought I about. thought about yep. until I went home and that's still all I thought yep. about. And I would be up at night only thinking about these minor insecurities that people had already forgot about my guy, you know, like, and, but in my head, they were that important. They were that, and it was me projecting. It was me projecting my other insecurities and and the things that I hadn't dealt with into the small things that I did, you know? So, so not only am I, uh, I was in a position where I stopped trusting people i stopped letting people in because why would i i had three close friends die you know what i mean so in my head i'm rejecting people keeping people far because what's going to happen i'm going to get close they're going to pass away yeah subconsciously but then that started coming out in like self-loathing i'm not good enough because i'm not letting people be my friend and i'm not letting people in it's a self-sabotaging prophecy 
Mm. You know, so and it just it kept happening. I think I'm exactly in the same boat. Yeah. Except, yeah. but Have, th- are are you going to therapy? No, I, but I'm wanting to start. Yeah, because dude, it. Let me tell you, I thought it was going to be overwhelmingly difficult to try to find and get and do. Dude, it's easy. It's easy and it's abundant, and there are f- good online resources that are affordable to people without uh, insurance. Yeah, like BetterHelp. BetterHelp. Yeah, things like that. Actually, BetterHelp's kind of expensive. I looked into it. It's like two hundred sixty bucks a month or something like that. Maybe not BetterHelp off the rip, but I know that there are affordable ones out there. I I looked at them whenever I was looking for a place. I wanted to go somewhere in person. Yeah. Uh, personally, uh, and. I do have insurance, so I went to somewhere that I yeah, could get covered. Yeah, you have the resources right. to, to but do so. There do are resources out there that don't break the bank. You know what I mean? It's it's. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, "Oh, there's definitely places that are gonna be this much," but like yeah. there is, there are some resources out there as far as counseling goes. Yeah. Which is what I want to make aware is because like there's a lot of musicians, career musicians who don't right. have insurance who right. you know want need that help. Yes. Mm. Uh, hold on. Backtrack. What I mean by um, counseling, I mean like uh, group therapy sessions. Mm. There are things like that available, like where you go and you take, uh, or not take, but you go and you're a part of a class or a session or a virtual thing of that sort. Mm -hmm. One-on-one counseling or personal conversations that are topical, things like that, not so much. But there are, like, where you can go and be a part of a group. But that's just not what the speed is for everyone. It wasn't for me. And there is an an abundance of one-on-one topical things about, being a musician and going through things like that, right? You yeah. can you can get in groups. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um I think people know what way they want to go before Right. I know for one thing I think I'd want to go one on one in person. Yeah. And and I I I wanted to go into a position where I was talking to people or or I had a counselor that fit my needs. That's why I went a little bit more custom with it and I utilized my insurance and the things that I had around me. So I got a counselor that was tailored around my life and what I need. And there's not a lot of that for musicians because I didn't tailor it around being a musician. I tailored right. it around my age and the things that I was having trouble with. Yeah, it's, it's tough to, <clears throat> to find. So I, I think I was telling my, my girlfriend this the other day. I was mm-hmm. like, there's got to be some kind of nonprofit, some kind of organization mm-hmm. that provides resources for musicians to to career musicians to go in and i'm sure there is i found a couple but they're they're more region based i don't know if there's one in houston or not if there is forgive me um (laughs) uh, i don't know if there's one in vegas um but you know i when it comes to like my anxiety Mm -hmm. uh it it's gotten to a point where it goes away you know, mm-hmm. for a while, mm-hmm. you don't feel anything. You're so distracted and so busy that you right. don't worry about anything because there's too much. Yeah. It's actually, it's kind of a. You're too focused on. 22. Yeah. You're too focused on being busy to realize you're stressed yeah. until you realize you're stressed. And then that's all you think about. But do you think you're stressed out because you know you're busy? I, I'm going to be 100% honest with everybody. It took me. It, I'm so 
the timing of the pandemic couldn't have been it was both good and bad for me timing wise because I needed all that to decompress from the seven years of stress that I went through, you know? Yeah. And also, but then also I was stressed about the fact that there was nothing going on. I couldn't apply anything that I just, you know, worked on. Right. But also like you couldn't. Yeah. If, even if you wanted to. Exactly. And uh, I had to come to that realization and, um, but you know, it also gets to the point now in regular life. This is mm-hmm. this is out of any kind of whatever reality I was in in Las Vegas or Lake Charles. Um, this is real life now. You know, you got bills to pay. You got right. you got stuff to worry about. You got to record a podcast. I mean, you know, you know, everybody does that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, these these. Anx- anxious feelings come come up more often now because right. now you're making heavier decisions. The decision for me to go Las Vegas was easy. Yeah. The decision for me, all the decisions I made in Lake Charles were easy. I was mm-hmm. a kid. I didn't mm-hmm. have anything to worry about but just where to go, where to pick right. up sticks, and where to play. Right. Same thing in Las Vegas. Now, Las Vegas was a little bit... My mind does not deal with change very well. Right. I don't think anybody really deals with change... Like, like I said, there's a spectrum of like the way I deal with it, which is freak out mm-hmm. and don't settle in for six to eight weeks. Right. Or there's people who literally could be anywhere and be even as even killed as you have. You, it's just everybody's made yeah. differently. Absolutely. And you can't, you, it's not fair to somebody like me to compare myself to somebody like that. No. But it is definitely, you can definitely get envious of people who are just. Yeah, man coasting in life like any decision they make they're like just what i was feeling man it's all good yeah and i'm like i'm too high strong for that i'm way too high strong oh dude i am i can't do that tight nah and and and, yeah i it it i struggle with that pretty hard Mm. of not being okay with what i have yeah in in that regard like I'm I'm really high strung, so I've I've it's got to be this way, it's got to be that way. It's you know I've got to I make I rationalize every decision on mm. why I made that decision. You know I'm 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 a very dot the i cross the t person, yeah. and to just see people out here succeeding and they're just coasting, mm. and I'm like struggling, drowning underwater, or or they're successful but yeah. coasting in their success in a sense yeah. of like they're yeah. not worried about anything. Yeah. They trust and themselves a hundred percent. Yeah, and that is, um, if you're somebody listening, yeah, who is like that, congratulations. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely envious, and not envious in the way that like my my life is ruined because I'm not that right. But it is dis it. It makes me question why, what I'm doing and why I'm doing what I'm doing because I'm not there like they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that weighs on me mentally, too, in yeah. a lot of aspects. Like, oh, yeah. why can't I just be normal? Well, the, the decision that gave me this anxiety attack, it lasted four days. Four mm. days of just, you know, constant. I barely ate, you know. Yeah. And I knew exactly what it was, especially at this point. Like, at this point it becomes um at least i'm aware of like what what it what it what could happen right. you know when i'm feeling that way mm-hmm. um but why the reason why i was so fed up with this time mm-hmm. was that i 
I not only want to know how to fig how to deal with it the right way right. and make decisions clearer, uh, decision making clearer, but I also want to know where it comes from. Right. Is so, there an event in my life? Is there something that I'm not actually? I kind of kind of can guess what it yeah. was from. Right. Um, being a young kid and in dealing with death very early on mm-hmm. and knowing what it was, uh, that could. That definitely, I think, is part of it. Now, this is why you need a professional to talk to about right. it, because then they could really right. pinpoint it for you. Right, you know? right. And and getting professional help is, again, key. I love everything about therapy, but sometimes, dude, sometimes I just need a good outlet, like a a. A healthy, like, uh, talking to someone is a good healthy outlet. But, like, music, mm. things like that. Finding something to, to express emotion into. You know, you also, that's, you've that, also that been is, working out a lot. Yeah, I've, I've been working out, a, a, I wouldn't say a lot, but more. Yeah. And, and that does help uh, regulate the chemicals and whatnot. Like, mm. we're designed to work out or whatever. Exactly. So, yeah. uh but yeah, dude, I mean, therapy, talking to someone is so important, but so as almost equally, finding a good, healthy outlet that you can couple with music, mm. you know? Well, golf is like that for me. Yeah, golf. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Golf, golf to me is like, uh, golf to me is one of those things where, I can work on it and it's not related to this. Mm-hmm. Like what I used to always do was everything I did was involved with drums. Right. Drums and percussion. Right. Like, oh, I'm kind of tired of practicing this instrument. I think, or I'm, pra- I'm tired of practicing, so I'm going to go practice this instrument. You know? Right. Like, hmm, worked on Pandero today. Maybe I'll go work on Darbuka. And it's like, right. I think you need something else to yeah, do. Yeah, switch and it playing, up a little more. You know, you're playing golf as a kid, um, almost played golf in high school, uh, and if I honestly, if I didn't play drums, I would have played golf. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I kind of was like at a crossroads. Hmm. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, I. My dad played golf in high school. A couple of family members played professional golf, and you know we were big golfing family. And yeah. Um, but then it became you know I I lost my grandfather in September, who I was very close mm-hmm. with, and. Uh, he died quickly um, from a from a mesothelioma diagnosis yeah. in three weeks, you know, and it's hard. It, but he was the one who taught me how to play golf. Mm. So, so whenever close. you play golf, you start thinking about him, you know. Right. And so that oh man, that does that's a trigger at that point. Yeah. Well, you, I, I actually. I actually have started to realize what does trigger me. Um, and sometimes the trigger is inevitable. I mean, the, the trigger of making big life decisions um, mm-hmm. that could change your location, change the whole way you do things. Um, I don't want to... The reason why I'm, I've gotten to this point um, is the next time that I'm, I'm approached uh, by a, a significant life change, right. I want to deal with it the right way. Right. You know? So, my advice, or what I ha- hear recently just going through therapy and figuring out how to do that, 
I the only advice that I could give or that I can conjure up is uh, number one grounding always staying aware of the reality you know uh, mm-hmm. which is just simple things like reality check just you know just clearing your mind making sure that you're being self-aware of your own thought grounding is important in big life decisions but i mean really and truly just not rushing it dude patience as sucky as that is uh and and being okay knowing that you can't control everything all the time those are the two things that i've started utilizing more and being more mindful of in these big decisions like my job uh I was deciding if I was going to stay there, if I wasn't going to stay there. And, uh, you know, for money, location, things of that nature. But I found myself being uh, a lot less anxious about it, a lot less frightful, just in knowing that I was going to take time to really evaluate the situation and that that is okay. Yeah. Because so, so often is it this... I've got to, you know, I've got to know what it is right now. Right now. I've, I've, got, I've got to figure this out because you feel behind the eight ball. But just sometimes slowing it down and, and just being like, hey, you know what? I do need some time to make that decision. It's the right move. And as simple as that advice is, it's often what we don't think about. Yeah. And, and if, you don't, if you don't have that thought process, that stress and that anxiety bleeds into your other areas of life. Like, relationships you know and tori uh definitely definitely has felt you know that that kind of like stress of at this point it's not just about me either you know and it's it it feels like um you can feel when it bleeds over in other areas and and you're you're irritable and you're you know, not, you don't want to be around anybody. And that, that weighs on other people in your life pretty significantly. Absolutely. And you don't realize that until a, somebody leaves or B, um, or, or B like, you know, you get sat down and you're like, they're like, this is what's going on. Right. You know, you need to, one time somebody said to me, you don't want to let yourself be happy. You're afraid to let yourself be happy. Yeah. And you think you just have to be miserable mm-hmm. all the time. And when you sit there and, and you're thinking like, am I, am I happy with my situation right now? Or am I just trying to look for the next best thing because I think it's going to fix yeah. everything else? Yeah. You know what, you know? dude, you know what I think a lot of musician people that I know th- struggle with a lot? Feeling good enough, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so ingrained that you could always be better and this and that that and and you know i'm gonna be honest for a a second that not even teachers that i had really did this much i mean my last year at blue stars in 2016 they did do this because that we were good but like i don't remember a time where anyone was like hey man you're working really hard but where you're at now is really good and you've came a long way you know what I mean? Like being able to, number one, reflect on like where you've came from. That's in life, in your instrument, in whatever. Character development. Yeah, but to be able to sit there and look back and to see like, you know what? You've been struggling for this long, but there are step, there are signs of progress. 
that's a big one. That's a key thing that I think that we as people and musicians should key in on more. And then number two is understanding that whatever level you're at, you're good. You're good because it's subjective and it's relative. And we put a lot of pressure on performing and we put a lot of pressure on being good and and, and, right. And it, it seriously develops this lack of confidence Mm -hmm. in ability and that in turn to being happy. Can I even let myself be happy because Mm. you're just not satisfied with never. And like that, that whole, that whole, thing that athletes I, I do draw a lot of inspiration from athletes don't right. get me wrong yeah um but that whole thing of like they're never sat you know i'm never satisfied never settled or- you know um yeah but you also have millions of dollars <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like i get you you need to take pride in your work um and you need to you know what? If someone paid me a million dollars to play the drums, I'd practice every day of my life, well, okay. and, I, and I wouldn't be satisfied. Yeah, well, that's a that's a fair point. I think I look at it from a sense of like I've been in this past year. I've been in a a, a whole situation where right. I'm my main source of income has been the instrument, right? Which I'm very I'm very thankful for. Right. Oh, um, I just uh, sorry. I just meant like. Uh, Oh shoot! If you want to pay me a billion bucks, oh, well, I'll yeah, practice yeah, every yeah. day of my life. You well, know? that's but, fair. But whenever you're not being paid the big bucks, yeah. it does make it hard to practice because it's like, is this even worth it? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if I worded that correctly. I hope people understand what I'm, what I mean by that. It's, uh, they, they deserve to be paid that much, um, because they're at the top of their craft. Right. You right, know what I'm gotcha. saying? Um, but there's also a. a there's also a, a maybe a, an awareness and a knowledge of like where you could get if you work hard enough. With this, there's so many routes you can go down. There's studio yeah. work, there's touring, uh, playing dive bars for 15 years, mm-hmm. you know, and that that in itself that contributes to anxiety because you're thinking too far ahead. Like, I know I'm not good enough now. Will I ever be good enough? I was just thinking today, have I plateaued? Right. You know. Yeah. Um, that's a hard dude. That's such a hard one. Yeah, and. I, I just want to make sure that the people that I bring on for this series and that uh, are open and, and, and sharing their thought processes because I am trying to, I feel like in us explaining mm-hmm. our thought processes, it helps people who have similar ones. Yeah. And so, and um, you know what, everybody? Like, it doesn't always have to make sense the way no. you think about things. Mm, nope. Because... It, it's just chemical reactions firing off in your brain of how you handle things. And yeah, um, one, of, one of the the most mind blowing or revolutionary things that my therapist told me that has helped me so much. You are not your thoughts. Mm. Some of them. Yeah. The ones that you make consciously. But like we were talking about earlier, whenever I would make a mistake at work and the first thought is, that's so bad. That's not me thinking. That's not like who I am. That is a thought that my brain produced because of chemicals. But I then in turn get to choose if that's a a thought that I want or if it's just something that popped into my head. Mm. You know, not everything that runs inside of your head is what you actually think or believe at all. 
you know, but we hold ourselves in our own mind that whatever goes on in there or whatever is said is absolute fact or law or mm. it's got to be that way because I've thought it that way. But it's just, like you said, it's just chemicals. It's just chemicals. We then in turn get to choose if that is how we think and want to route our brain and our thoughts. And, and a lot of times it, we're in a self-deprecating mood and we say, yeah, and we're hard on ourselves. Mm. But if we just said no... Then what? Mm. You know, that's an interesting conversation you start having with yourself. Right. I right. have said no before. And, you know, I think we all have. My biggest thing that I started doing is saying them out loud, dude. Oh. S- saying every crazy, irrational thought that I would let control my mind and I would let run out of proportion and out of control, I would say it out loud and immediately go, oh, that sounded crazy whenever it came out of my mouth. And then I wouldn't think it because I... Because now my brain understood that it was crazy. Mm. It, or not crazy. That's the wrong word. I'm not gaslighting myself. But right. it was just an irrational thought that was produced by chemicals. And yeah. it wasn't what I actually thought. Because whenever it was said out loud, I went, I don't agree with that. Yeah. So. You know, that's a, such a, a helpful tool for those kinds of thoughts. Say it out loud. Yeah. And then tell me if it sounds right. Mm. That's. Yeah, that's powerful in the in the in the sense of like mm-hmm. you are kind of talking to yourself and yeah. And the, the next time you go to practice and in your head you go, "Dude, I suck at drums." Stop and say out loud, "Dude, I suck at drums." And then remember that you went to college and you've done amazing <laughs> performances and gigs. And then think about how irrational that thought was. It can't. Yeah, it, but it, we let it fester. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it it almost feels like a. Um, feels like a, a bad taste in your mouth you can't get rid of for a second, you know. it's For a hot second. Yeah, yeah. It feels like, <laughs> it feels like you know. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, they are irrational thoughts. And, right. Um, they, they, lead to, they lead to more and more things throughout over, sometimes in my case has been over the course of a few days. Yeah. And four days, five days, six days. And you sit there and you're like, okay, I'm exhausted. And right. and one of the things I was reading up on about severe anxiety attacks mm-hmm. is that um the only way your body naturally can shut itself down mm-hmm. is by just falling asleep. Like yep. I remember so the first couple of days and I really hope people benefit from hearing this because mm-hmm. um I don't talk about it often, but right. um I remember the first few days I was having my anxiety attack. I I slept, but I would keep waking up in the middle of the night because yeah. you're thinking about, thinking about, thinking about. You've got anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And I remember probably the third or fourth night I slept like a rock. Mm-hmm. But at that second I woke up, comes rushing back in. Yep. It immediately starts going. Yeah. Or uh, So I forgot to mention this. The first day. The first day, it was so bad that um, it started probably around 9 a.m. I had a two-and-a-half-hour car ride. The entire car ride, mm-hmm. I'm having an anxiety attack. My, mm-hmm. One of my dearest friends, Angel, is sitting next to me. Um, we're talking, and, and we're you know, having a good conversation. Uh, but I'm so checked out. Yeah. You know? like, I, I'm like I'm like there, but I'm not. But you're stressing about Something, something else, else, but you don't know what it is. Exactly, dude. Well, I knew what it was, but well, yeah, but, yeah. but 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 that f- that feeling was just like 
you don't know where it's like how to pinpoint it. Yeah. And um so I get back, you know, I get back in town or to where I was going. Um can't sit still, walking back and forth and uh I get to where I was going at probably eleven thirty or twelve. By four o'clock hits, I just pass out. I just I fall asleep for two hours, three hours. Yeah. Because that's how much of a toll physically it can take on you. And absolutely. Uh, and I'm sure people can relate to that because it was it was one of the most exhausting ones I've ever had. You yeah. know? And it, it was just last week. It ran me rampant, dude. Whenever I so let's work out to me going to therapy. Yeah. There was a defining moment that it clicked and and everything basically broke for like a month straight Mm. was just i couldn't turn it off it was as soon as i woke up it just felt like i was already missing something yep like i needed to look for like in the same feeling that you get whenever you can't find your phone or you can't find your keys 24 7 all the time that sounds every single second that I was awake. And that started after that break. And that's whenever I knew, like, oh, okay, I've got to get help. But, you know, there were signs before that happened that I should have listened to that, that we have that, you know, we should start keying in on. And that, that is in the moments of like small uncertainty or, or, a little bit of uh, guesswork or questionability. And if I just couldn't rely on my own instincts anymore as like um, musically, I felt that, you know, I could, I could see it coming out in my music where I would go to play a gig or something, or I would play like a church something or other. And I would just feel like, like I just wasn't sure of, of what I was doing or, or I was like questioning my abilities. Uh, and I I feel, and that only just started right before I really started having anxiety and panic and stuff. But I feel like I'm in tune with myself and my own body mostly whenever I'm in music and performance and playing. And, and I didn't read my own body language while I was in that state. That Looking back on it, I feel like that was a sign for me that I didn't mm. listen to look at. I don't know. I don't know if anyone else feels that way or if anyone can relate or if anyone, you know, had, or if you've ever felt that, but it just, I don't know. It, it, it was a sign to me that looking back on it, I should have looked at mm. or, or read into. I don't, I don't know if that's just crazy moon man talk. No, I, I find that, well, obviously everybody knows hindsight is twenty twenty, but I feel right. like I'm always, looking back at these situations um mentally that um you're like man like i wasted i it's not a waste of time like you can't really control it mm-hmm. but it's such uh it's just so unfortunate mm-hmm. you know that that people like us have this happen because it's it's for one thing it's not as common as i thought it was mm-hmm. um I used to always think like, oh, you know, everybody feels this sense of panic, you know. Yeah, no. And no, not that uh-huh. it's com- it's it's like in the middle of the road of where I thought it was. I thought it was super common. Mm-hmm. Um, then I found out it was not nearly as common as I thought it was, but also it's not uncommon. So right. 
Um, uh, and it's different. It varies, dude. Yeah. Like the amount that someone has anxiety over certain things or life or this or that, that varies. Yeah. I I think everybody needs their uh their support system. A friend of mine, like you know, he was telling me a couple of days ago, he's like, We us humans are not meant to do life alone. No, absolutely and not. I I think there's a lot of musicians out there, ones that I've met especially, that don't, they don't have as much of that support system as they Mm-mm. need. Mm-mm. And um and and especially not tailored towards being a musician. Like, yeah. I don't go to m- my mom and dad for my music problems. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because they don't get it. They yeah. don't understand, like, whenever I'm having complications with, like, feeling good enough as a musician. Mom, I don't know. I just can't get these doubles in my left hand correct. You know, right, right. And so, I mean, there's got to be expression and, cre- and and the right outlet for that. Yeah. And... Two, it goes to a um now I'm now I'm getting into like if I'm going to have these thoughts and everything and like use this as an outlet, um and in the back of my mind knowing that sometimes this doesn't feel like an outlet, what's then gonna be my outlet for that outlet and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. And um that's where that support system really comes in, you right. know, like right. Uh, I think I think we all stand on like a mountain of people holding us up. Dude, you yeah, know? I mean, podcasts, yeah. podcasts went up because people found outlet in podcasts. Yeah, you know what I mean. Tons and of podcasts. Uh, yeah, and if that's what you can create and sustain here on your channel, especially looking at mental, because whenever you you first post about it, I thought, well, how smart? Because mm. you know, like I had told you, I looked at counseling things Mm -hmm. and specific groups for musicians or people that are having a hard time being paid professional musicians none zero not a single one tailored for something like that now again group things stuff like that yeah sure whatever but nothing specific for the average day working musician Mm -hmm. you know and and that's just there's so much of it. There's so many musicians. There's so much uh, mental health going around these days. Why not have more resources? I think what you're doing is fantastic in, Thanks, that, in that regard. I appreciate it. Um, I think this holds me accountable. I think it holds others accountable. You right. know. Um, and, you know, I want to talk about, you know, the first 50 episodes of this thing has been all about drums, 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 this, 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 and yeah. whatever. Um, uh, you know, talking shit with Cameron Leach, you know, and 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 so it's it's with a a lot of this is a culmination of a lifetime of dealing with this, right? You know what I'm saying? And right. it's it's a it's easier to see to compare yourselves to other people now, other podcasts. There's uh, seems like there's a new drums one coming out every month, you know. Yeah. Uh, everybody's talking about everybody has an interest in the same thing. Um but this is uh this is an area where I think uh this needs to be talked about. I yeah, think we man. can only talk about paradiddles and in flams and uh how to throw stuff around the kit so much. It would be yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. I mean like this is this is something that is needed. I've been told that by a couple people already. Um 
And this is all this is all for the benefit of everybody, not just me. You know, this right. is for the benefit of the greater community. This is, you know, something that a lot of people deal with. A lot of people don't know how to talk about it. Yeah. Um and uh luckily I have forty nine to fifty episodes of practice talking in this stupid thing and right. and guiding a conversation. So Yeah. What I was gonna say, but I didn't want to cut off your point. Yeah. Was uh it would be crazy to not acknowledge that mental state is just as important about being a musician mm. as being a musician. Dude, I played a gig. I played a gig in that anxiety attack. Yeah. Yeah. You, and, and you want to talk about it went by like that. I don't even know if I even played well. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because you couldn't think about it. Couldn't think about it. Right. And it, it it's such a key part of life in general but it it should be it's just got to be addressed more dude yeah there it's too prevalent for it to just not be addressed anymore you know and 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 addressing it in a podcast setting again is amazing i think that's cool uh but more than that dude i can't express that something tailored and custom and for the specific kind of people that go through the day-to-day life, man. Like for you to have a relatable podcast, talk about the relatable topics yeah. and hitting on mental health. If it's, you know, it, that's the relatable topic. It doesn't have to be drums all the time. Yeah. Not all the time. I mean, um, I think that thing, that bond that ties us all together is the fact that we like to hit stuff. Right. We like to control noise. Right. You know, um, I, I just, you know, I think people are going to take a lot from this episode, especially because you're someone who decided to make that leap and mm-hmm. help yourself. Right. Um, and to get out of what you were dealing with. Yeah. And you did it pretty quickly, you yeah. know, because well, you had never dealt with it before. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, this is something's wrong. I got to deal with it. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and I, luckily enough, my fight or flight kicked in and it said well we've got to you know figure this out we've got to fix this uh, uh yeah. but i'm some people run some people run from this that's how you get into suicide things like that yeah. and, and first off if you're watching this feel suicidal call the hotline yeah uh i'll leave a leave the number in the description below uh, but i mean it is important to get plugged in and to talk with people and it's important to find outlets community community yes oh my gosh is it important to find community outlets a therapy if you can find it and you can get it further from that find another outlet other than music it always does help um but yeah that's that's all i've that's my opinion so how with as far as that goes how would you say you are right now Right now, dude, I've uh, 20 weeks out or 20 weeks of therapy, and I'm in probably the best mental position I've been in in a long time. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot. And, you know, to sit here and, and be here, it, it really makes me grateful because I was in a bad spot. I was in a really bad spot. It, it, I, I remember going to therapy and just telling my counselor, like, something's got to change because if not, I've, I'm I'm not saying that I'm going to off myself, dude, but, like, this isn't fair. It's not fair. It can't be this hard all the time. Yeah. And was it was it hard on Jason? Like, 
Mm, no, well, I bottled it up. I tried to keep it as... But your twin knows. Yeah. Like, you guys were like... Yeah, he knew it was up. And, yeah. and he was there. He, he was hard the whole way as far as, like, just helping me out, not, yeah. not putting too much on me, and really very thankful that i have a twin brother that is my best friend also mm. and and my brother but he just got it he understood what was going on uh i leaned on my mom a whole lot that was something that i did utilize my mom but yeah i mean it was hard it it, it was hard on jason it had to have been mm. he didn't say it or he hasn't said anything about it but i mean i know what he did and and i saw the things that he was doing to help mm. me in my situation yeah, and so how how do you? What's the plan forward? You're gonna just keep going and yeah. So the plan forward is that I'll just continue uh, my therapy. So uh, I went once a week, every week for ten weeks, and then I went uh, once every other week for ten weeks, and now I'm just gonna go once a month, wow, probably okay. for the rest of the year, and then at that point, uh, it, you know, it's just dependent on. What's going on? How my uh, how I'm feeling, you know. What I obviously am talking to my uh, therapist, asking advice, things like that, or just talking. Uh, but I'm I feel like I'm good enough that I just need to check up once a month. And really, really and truly, dude. Another thing about therapy that I had a big misconception about. It, I mean, you're going there and you're spilling and you're you're talking, but as much of that. Is it's a checkup, you know? It's it's someone that's there to keep me accountable at bare minimum. To know that I at least ha- I'm oh, I don't know how to word this, but going to therapy once a week makes you aware through the week because you're going and you're doing things different. You've got a new thing and a new part of your schedule, mm-hmm. and it's therapy. And the objective is to help you mentally you're going to start being more aware of, of your mental state and things like that. Um, I don't, I think through the first 10 weeks was all, all I really was thinking about was how to feel like I'm not always anxious. Mm. And then once it, it just kind of, melted away there was never a day that it happened but i think just by being more aware always from going to therapy it just kind of happened over time Mm. where where i I don't it's it's hard to explain it's still all fresh but that but but that's a good way to get people like if you want to feel that right right and you're i'm one of those people it's like i got i want to you know, I want to experience that for myself. And yeah. therapy is so personalized and customized mm-hmm. to cater everybody's needs. So yeah. um, I think that's a good way to put it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, it just, it really is a checkup. You're going in and you're being honest with them that you're trying and you're, you're doing the grounding things. You're trying these things where you're just trying to be more self-aware in your day-to-day. And mm-hmm. I think, it, you know, doing that with or without therapy, just being more aware of your day-to-day, I said it earlier, that's, like, so key. Yeah. You know, being aware of what's actually going on, your thoughts, things like that. Well, Cody, man, I man, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody does. And, um, you know, this is, 
this is really insightful and really helpful. Uh, you're a friend for life for, for sure. me. And um, there's, there's that connection that goes even deeper with us, you know, being from the same place, playing right. the same instrument, being interested in the same things, and uh, finally get to have you on. Absolutely. And it was in a great capacity, too. I and mean, we've talked about this for a while. So, absolutely. Um, thanks, man. Thanks for coming yeah, on. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for having time. me. Thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks for letting me use the space. And yeah. uh, you can follow the Rudimental Podcast uh, on Instagram at the Rudimental Pod, at the Rudimental Pod. Um, you can follow me at Hartwell Drums. You can follow Cody at Cody Womble. Yep. Um, that's it. On Instagram. Uh, we, uh, I also have a website, hartwelldrums.com. Listen to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all there's like six other ones. Um you can also follow along on my YouTube channel, Josh Hartwell. I'm posting video ones now and uh it's really exciting. I'm glad this series has gone underway uh in a really great way. And Absolutely. so um yeah, that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs>